Go on then. What are we watching? Oh, what about... Uh... In the... Uh, with Sky Stream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman all in one place. For just €25 a month for 12 months. Search Sky Stream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term. Requires broadband. Further terms apply. Shachtan and Indo Askeliga. Time in mon iruchti yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor in uik kiart len of winter fame. Skilti fis turmi. Pashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv orkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. Hello and welcome to the Throwing Independent.ie's GA podcast in association with Alliance. I'm Will Slattery. Delighted to be joined, as always, by Michael Verney. Michael, hello. How's it going, Will? Yeah, no, doing well. Another another interesting weekend. Football only this weekend, so the big ball got the, got the major showcase. Uh, interesting times. Like, you know, it's funny the way it's shaken out with the lack of league finals, basically, across the board. It, it, it has kind of turned into... I suppose more of a, a preseason tournament in the end if we don't get 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 those finals. But there's still some really interesting things coming over the next few weeks, like the, the football in particular with the promotion and relegation playoffs. It's funny the way they split the divisions at the start, but now it's it's set up for a really interesting couple of weeks. Yeah, I was skeptical. I'd say when when you saw the league structure and you're wondering is it going to be are there going to be just a lot of phony wars or these games going to actually mean much? Um, but there's some like really appetizing games set up over the next couple of years. I was down in Ennis yesterday. Uh, Cork beat Clare by a point. Cork won their last two games, so they won two out of three, and they yet they end up in a relegation semi final and could you know they could win two of their four games and still be relegated back to back to Division Three. It's 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 kind of you know the flip of a coin with some teams. It's really really uh, and these are you know they're big big games. Like if Cork were to go back down to Division Three or uh, any of these teams fall from Division One, they're big big games. Um, and I think it's really, really intriguing for us. It, it whets the appetite for championship brilliantly. No, oh, massively. And we're delighted to be joined by Dick Clerken once again on the show. I'm Martin Bretney for the first time this season to discuss the Allianz Football League action over the weekend. Guys, how are things? Great. Very good. Well, enjoying the sun. Yeah, it was a brilliant weekend uh, for, for weather-wise. And there was also some good action as well. Martin, I might go to you first. Obviously, we, we finished up the round-robin portion of the league now, looking ahead to maybe the promotion and relegation games. But do you share the, the optimism that a lot of people are feeling about football, the way it's being played, the scorelines are being racked up and maybe hopeful that it'll continue on into the summer? Well, sure, we're always hopeful, but I, I, I certainly wouldn't be getting carried away. I thought after the reaction after last, the last round of the league, was completely over the top with uh, all the talk about all the high scoring and the whole lot. I mean, I, as I say, I've, as I wrote in my column last week, I've learned one thing after 45 years in this business, not to be seen and not to be fiercely impressed by the last thing you've seen. Because uh, we've seen this before in, 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 in the league and, and then to come to the championship, is completely different. So I'm not sure there will be an awful lot of changes. I mean, we're still, we're still back to this, the same old uh, um, problem with the... With the 
ball retention where you know the teams retain the ball now for a minute and a half one challenge kicking it back to 40 50 meters that's still an issue um yeah look it's encouraging and we're all, you were always hopeful but no i don't i think come the championship it'll be it will be the exact same as as it has been in other years i don't think these high score lines uh the high score lines will, will continue it just as i say history is against it yeah, well, that's certainly a dampener from an Ulster perspective, given what we've seen over the last few weeks and how we've been kind of talking up the, the, the football, you know, even over the weekend, you know, Donegal Armagh, Tyrone, Monaghan, maybe slightly more of a traditional kind of game, but Donegal Armagh, high scoreline, Derry putting up another big score over the weekend. So, you know, so where are you on this? Do you agree with Martin or are you a little more hopeful? Uh, no, I'd be a, a bit more optimistic. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't be hard, <laughs> but uh, I know. In fairness, like I suppose you have to look at are, are teams actually trying to do something different? Like, are they? Is it is it obvious from a coaching and team setup point of view that they're trying, or is it just the league and, and it's a wee bit looser and teams aren't fit? And I think for me, just watching, just looking at at our own sort of all star focus up here with many all star championships going on, there's there's definite signs that those teams like Monaghan, Throne. Uh, Arma, and then it, and only rightly so pulled Derry into the mix based on the performance. They're definitely trying to play a much more positive uh, attacking point of uh, style of football. Now, Martin's 100% right. There's still in, in that, there's an awful lot of lateral backwards pass. Now, there's an element I think we have to accept that we're never going to eliminate that out of the game. Like, there's no, there's no, you know, going back to the future in terms of, you know, catch and kick, you know. I think in terms of rules discussions, there, there has to be something that prevents a team going back as far as they are at times. But there is definitely signs that teams are trying to get the ball in sooner by virtue of the fact that they're keeping players inside. So, like, even just take Throne and Mona. Now, it wasn't great. It was very stop-started, very frustrating to, to watch from a supporter's point of view with, God knows, the, the, the interruption to Go and then the interruptions by David Coldrick. Like, Monaghan are trying to keep more forwards up front. Throne are trying to keep more forwards up front. Armagh are definitely, and, and, and Kieran McGinney has definitely been trying to build a style of play that sort of gets the talent out of the O'Neill brothers and Stephen Campbell and these boys. So I, I think teams are definitely trying to do better. Will it be as, as positive as it has been come championship? Possibly not, but it's certainly not going to go back to really blanket defence, slow lateral stuff outright, I don't think. Yeah, Michael, and just in terms of, you know, as we kind of take stock after the three rounds, um, for you, are Dublin and Kerry a good bit ahead? Like, I'm very intrigued to see the semi-finals. I know there's no final or potentially no final at stake, but, you know, to see how the, the Ulster counties come out of their division, Dublin playing uh, Donegal, Kerry playing Tyrone, it'll be a nice benchmark to see, you know, how competitive it will be across the board potentially. Yeah, Dublin are definitely ahead. Whether I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd put Kerry into that bracket. They're probably going to need to see more evidence from from Kerry. We're probably basing that on, you know, a second half against Dublin and obviously the twenty nineteen uh, All Ireland final. But uh, I'm going to have to probably see a bit more from from Kerry. I'd say to have them as, as clear cut second favourites, shall we say? The the Ulster teams, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. They're going to they're coming up against. Uh, they're coming up against different assignments completely now. Um, it'd be interesting to see with with the openness Kerry showed at the back, you know, you know, will that be exploited by, by, we'll say an Ulster side. It'd be interesting to see the Dublin have put in a lot of, a lot of new faces, a lot of new players. I'd, I'd imagine they go with a more settled outfit in the semi-final, but it's going to be a, you know, a sterner test for them. I'd imagine they'd be keen to, uh, to get to a final if they can as well, to get another competitive game under their belt before, before they go into Leinster. But it's just, it's, uh, uh, the, the localized leagues were were great for what they for what they offered. Now 
it just it's a bit more expanded and I think you'll just learn a bit more. And I think this will be the, the real asset test. Like up in up in Tyrone, they're gonna to learn an awful lot more about where they are um in particular. Kerry, I'm I'm not sure. I'm still the jury is still out somewhat. Uh they're gonna to have to produce something a bit more consistent and I suppose leave uh, less doors open at the back before they're, you know, real, real contenders. Yeah, and Martin, what, obviously we have a really exciting weekend in two weeks' time with the promotion and relegation playoffs, but then there was a discussion on League Sunday last night and the people have been having it about how, you know, division, I think, two and four, there's definitely not going to be a final. One and three, potentially a final, depending on the pairings. You know, does it devalue things for you? Does it leave a, kind of a, a feeling of incompleteness if it goes down that route? Oh, it does, but it was incomplete from the start with three rounds, really. I mean, it wasn't, you couldn't call it a league at all, really, more a small little blitz. But I think there's a, there is an issue here in terms of, and we were talking now about the semi finals, and they are very interesting. We're talking about the games that have, that, have, that have happened. But then we head into the championship, what, 13, 13 games we played in it. But, and you talk, uh, Michael, I'm talking about uh, Dublin and Kerry, but straight away, the advantage that they have over the teams from Connacht and Ulster. And we cannot ignore it. I mean, this, this is another year, it's another championship, and there's no back door, of course, which is the big issue. Now, you look at uh, Dublin, will just sail through unchallenged, virtually unchallenged in Leinster. I think Kerry, it's safe to say, will win Munster this year. They won't be caught a second time, and there's no evidence that, that, that the others are, are coming, are close enough to, to do them again this year. And then you have Connacht, where you have three genuine contenders, maybe four or five in, in Ulster. And it's just unfair. And there is no reason whatsoever, in my view, why there wasn't a back door. This could have been done, but you would have had to scrap the provincials uh, and had a back door this year, straight knock, or a knockout and a, a back door. It could have been done. It would have been a nice change uh, in the year where in the year that's in it. Um, instead, we're talking about league semi-finals now. Whether you know there'll be interesting, we mightn't have a final. But the big one is the championship, and it's 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 uh, looming in the very coming closer, obviously very very quickly now. But we know what's going to happen here. We know that it's unfair. It's fundamentally flawed. It's fundamentally unfair. And COVID was a chance to to address that, even in the short term, and see how it would go. And I think it was a great opportunity was lost, and the devalues of championship, in my view, that you have. Uh, in Munster or in Leinster in particular the biggest province where we in absolute certainty we know who will win it and that they Dublin are guaranteed a place in the All-Ireland semi-final not uh, they're obviously the best team by a distance but they're also guaranteed by the way the draw is, the draw is set up so it's unfair and it, I think it's a blight we talk about rules we talk about everything but I think it's a blight of the championship it's a blight on the year and the year that was in it it could have been changed and should have been changed to make it make it a bit more um, to make a difference and try out something that that we know will be coming anyway in the next number of years. So we may as well, this was a great year to do it. It, it didn't happen, but so I think that's that's to be regretted. Yeah, take like from an Ulster perspective, you know what you know when you make a Martin's point there. Obviously, it's a bear pit up there. Like to win an Ulster title this year for Monaghan, they'll have to you know beat Armagh at least. They'll have to beat Cat. Or, I can't remember who playing the first round, maybe, but then they you know Donegal or Tyrone on the other side of the draw potentially. So it, it's a very treacherous path compared to as Martin says, what Dublin might have to do. Yeah, listen, without going down a rabbit hole on 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 future fixtures and structures. I would have to sort of disagree with Martin there that this wasn't the year to do it. Now, okay, it might have been three months ago when we were setting up to, for the leagues and everything to start that you had a calendar that started in February and ran through. But let's just bring ourselves back here and be fair to people who are trying to make fixtures that that was by week by week, month by month, your year was just tightening and tightening and tightening and you were trying to as best as you could put in some sort of a, a structure that would give as many amount of games 
as possible um, with a lead into a championship structure that could work and be ended. And don't forget the club championship. Everyone was, when it suited them, cheerleading the right for the split season and give the club players, you know, a, a, a good run in at the end of the year. You know, and the CPA were running around, everyone was clapping them on the back. Around. Well, this is the consequence, lads. Okay, so you got accepted. We had to have the championship wrapped up by sort of August, September to give the club players a year. So it's not fixing something in isolation. It was sort of the best of a very bad month and a, a, a very bad situation. No, it's not ideal. Nobody's going to agree. And, and, and the, with the situation that you have in the last rounds of the league or the league finals or whatever, they're not going to be. It's not ideal, but it was far from an ideal situation. And then you couldn't have an open system that you had counties traveling all over the country at this time of the year when it's only in the last couple of weeks People can do that. You know, so there was a big context of COVID and what you could and couldn't do factored a lot of into this. I think we have to remember that when we're analysing where we're at. At the Dick, Dick Galway have to go to Monaghan now for, for a knockout. I mean, what we're on Galway going up to Monaghan for the, for, the, for, for the championship? You say there that this wasn't the year to do it. It actually was the year to do it. And it wouldn't have any way of impacted on uh, the club game at all. Because if, if you had a, a, a 32 county knockout and a backdoor, and I showed that in my column a couple of weeks ago. It was run on the exact same time, time scale. The problem is when you have different numbers in each province. So it could have been done this year. And I'm not blaming the fixture makers, by the way, because yeah. it wasn't, they had to deal with what they were dealt with. But I mean, I think the broader, the, 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 bigger, the bigger picture, the broader scale here should have been, uh, let, let's have a look at this. But you know and I know, Provincial Council won't, it won't wear it. And that's the you see, this that's is, And you know game. the politics of making those decisions. It's not, you know, it's not in the give of you know, the Penacro Park to do that in one fell swoop. You can't just bin the Provincial Championships because it's cold and there's good opportunity. It'd be great if we could and we were able to have that executive power to make changes. It's just not the way the GA well, works. I would, love I would love to have seen Management Committee perhaps come out and, uh, and recommend it and see what happened. But then yeah. again, of course, the four Provincial the four provincial chairmen are on management and they I know, I know, if I they know. go back I, to the provinces, we know what they'll be told. Yeah. I, I do think, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, that even the wee round robin system that we have. And I really do think park the, the division, division one semi-finals because with no finals, they're a bit of a, a dead rubber, but everything else will be really good fixtures because of so much is on offer. And I think there's a bit of a, an insight into what the future state could be in terms of how the league could blend into a championship in a nice tight situation. Because I think those, these promotional and relegation playoffs will be like championship fixtures in their own right, because a lot of those counties, the league is as much, of a competition, if not more, for for them in the year than the championship is, and I think they'll be really cracking fixtures. So I think there's there's a wee nugget of, of something there going forward that can be can be learned on. Yeah, Michael. In terms of like you know some of the counties with massive uh, you know things on offer, as Dick said, like you know your own county, Offaly in football. Like I think 2006 was the last time they were in the top two divisions. Or I, I, I reading this morning, Derry, another county. You know you have Mead and Kildare in a promotion playoff. You know given that they're kind of fighting to be maybe the biggest challenger to Dublin and Leinster, a lot at stake. There, there's, there's, there's plenty to play for. They're huge games. Dick is right, yeah. I, I do think that's maybe more the sort of system we should be going down. Like they're the, as Dick said, they're the biggest games of the year for a lot of those counties. I was down in, down in Ennis yesterday, uh, and even just the drama of it all, Cork had to win by more than three. Clare were holding on. Uh, Cork needed a goal. They won by one, but they needed to win by four. Uh, Clare now play Mayo in, in what should be a right good game and you know Clare 70 minutes away from being up in Division 1 having started out in Division 4 in 2014 when Colin Collins started off there 
Uh, just a little aside there as well, and it probably went under the radar, but we'll be doing a piece for tomorrow's paper. David Tuberty became the highest score, the top score in the history of the league yesterday across all four divisions. Uh, have, the, have the scores for tomorrow's paper. He scored, you only need to score two points or more yesterday. He kicked 1-8. Um, he's gone since 2007. Uh, and it's funny because a lot of that would have been in 2004, but his tallies have gotten even bigger and bigger nearly as they've gone up through the divisions. And while Gordon Kelly and Gary Brennan kind of stepped away and they were two of the elder states when he's still going strong and like what a, what a reward stuff. it would be for someone like him to, to get up to Division 1. I'd say like, he kind of said he stayed on this year after the tip game, losing the tip last year. Like, are you telling me that if they get Division 1 football, he won't be staying on again <laughs> next year? You can guarantee he will be. But that's just another little aside. They're huge games, Will. Massive games. Mm. Probably no more so than the, the Clare game. Clare and Mayo is an absolute huge game for the two of them. Yeah, and I suppose, unfortunately, from a Clare perspective, like Mayo seemed to be really motoring well through Division 2. You know, won their three matches you know, pretty comfortably and they look you know, primed to go back up to Division 1. But Clare have been really competitive, so you wouldn't rule it out. Martin, I suppose, you know, obviously we spend a lot of time on this show talking about Dublin Kerry, the Division 1 teams, but like, who are the teams maybe below that top tier that have impressed you or anyone in particular that you've been really interested, I suppose positively or negatively, depending on how they've gone? Well, I suppose Derry would be would be the interesting one because Derry's Derry's decline and the way they they've, they've shot down from Division Four or one to Division Four have uh, in, in successive seasons. I mean, the, it's out it's out of kilter with, with what Derry should be really and what Derry have been. So I think they were they're certainly uh, a, a very interesting one to uh, to watch that their progress and certainly in the in the, in the also championship. I suppose I suppose it's interesting as well to see Antrim in the final. Antrim have been very close on the Division Four final or semi final there. They have um, they've just missed out on promotion for a few seasons in the trot, so that that's interesting uh, as well. I suppose the other one, you know, the, the Corks, Cork. Now I know in, in a three in a three match series, um, it's, 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 the, the margins are very narrow, but you know they, they they could in theory dip back down to Division Three again. That's that's the reality of it, and of course that would have huge possible implications for the championship. So that would be a, that's a, a, I suppose the. the, the Dispiriting for them to some degree because that's not where they, you know, they, they shouldn't be in division. You would see they were there should be a division one county all the time. They're not, and they could they could move back down, but I could fall back down. But Maya coming up, I think was 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 virtually was uh, was always on the cards, and uh, I think they they'll complete that. But I think Derry is the one. Derry is the one you say because they've been out of the mix in Ulster for so, such a long time now, and uh, that's not where they should be. But I think uh, they're, they're, they're simply back in business. Just yeah. a quick word on Loud as well, Will. Like Loud, Loud were beating the first day out. Had a massive win yesterday again. Um, Sam Mulroy was unreal yesterday, and they were mm. they were actually in big trouble. They were in big trouble at half time, and I don't know what exactly Mickey Hart said to them at half time, but they were a brilliant second half as well. There's so many. I don't think there's ever been more subplots to a league than this, and the fact that there's all there's two divisions within the 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 divisions. There's eight different stories going on and it, within those different leagues. And there's so many different things going on there. It's definitely been one of the, uh, I know Martin said it was more like a blitz, but I would definitely say it was one of the more exciting blitzes anyway. Yeah. And it's funny talking about fine margins, like Antrim, three wins from three, but three one-point wins as well. So very, very fine. Like they beat Loud by one. And then Loud went on to beat Leitrim by nine and Sligo by ten, whereas Antrim have just been very, you know, very close uh, run games. But Dick, Derry is the interesting story, that I suppose, for a lot of people, given that 
like I don't know if it's being unfair to Rory Gallagher, but his reputation is a very defensive manager, and mm-hmm. uh, and yet Derry in this league, I know you touched on Shane McGuigan's contributions in your column today in the Irish Independent. I think he has two twenty across mm-hmm. the three matches, which is a huge scoring. And um, you mentioned his form for slot Neil and whether that had been maybe translated into the intercounty arena, but he's really hit the ground running this year. Yeah, listen, I, I do a bit of work up in in just beside the Lavi Club in in Derry, and I'm up there and back up there tomorrow, so I'll get a bit. Always chatting ones and getting an insight into the the rivalries and what's going on behind the scenes in Derry. And Martin would know well enough as well over the years that for the talent and the, and the passion that they have for GA up there, like where they've been at county level, just not acceptable. And they, they know that. And, and they have been putting better structures at county level. They are getting, you know, a better sense of continuity together and, and always got good competitive underage teams. You just couldn't gel it all together. So, like, there's a real strong cohort of Slockney players, Chrissy McKeag, um, and leading up to, to young Wigan up front. Now, as I say, he's a real talent. Like people would have talked about him, but maybe just because Derry weren't doing anything, you never got the you know, you never got the, the standout. But like just looking at him against Calvin, like you know, physically, you know, he, and I suppose that's one thing right across the board has really caught my eye. The conditioning and the pace and the skill level of a lot of these teams for what now it has maybe they've been doing more training than just the four weeks than they've been they've been given. But like and, and him alone, like I read a column to when I was just doing a bit of research on him from the column today. Like he was talking about how he's been pushed to work on his right foot because he was predominantly a left-footed player. And then against Calvin, lo and behold, he kicked two lovely right-footed players. So a real complete footballer, really lovely uh, player to watch. So so yes, and rightly so. Now, now Derry be looking at, at a Donegal, a likely Donegal quarterfinal with an opportunity to really have a cut at a, at a big team, especially if Donegal are going into that game without Michael Murphy, who they'll have to wrap up in cotton wool. So absolutely Derry. Uh, very impressed with Armagh as well. Well, like they, in another year, I don't think they'd be in a relegation playoff. They probably would have done enough to, to get enough points to stay up on their own right. Um, they get trying to play a decent brand of football, good forwards, just a bit ropey at the back. You know, they could do with a few standout performers out there, but from yet onwards, they're not bad at all. Um, awfully, you know, shout out to, to Mike's own, uh, you know, not before time, bit of positivity coming into the country and, and it's great to see like an opportunity to get back up uh, into the top half of football. So lots of good subplots and I think a lot of it's to do with a sense of God with everything that's gone on over the last year and a half. You know, let's, let's go out and play a bit of football, a bit of positivity because, you know, it's bad enough playing negative bland football in front of crowds and TVs it's 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 actually so just trying doing it in empty stands when there's when there may be not much to play for. So I think it's it's not a coincidence that you're seeing a lot of this positivity come right across the country. Yeah and the weather certainly helps to play yeah. more attractive football. Yeah Michael what about Offley? Like what, what's the kind of mood down there? I suppose John Mon when he was announced, I suppose people were maybe a little bit as a surprise if the appointment he hadn't coached the county team for quite a while. But you know he, he's had them pretty competitive even in the even in the two seasons where they didn't get out of Division Three, they were they, they'd often find ways to lose games very narrowly. Like I remember, there was an own goal and injury time in one game, and there was another one a few they lost leads in. But on the cusp of promotion, which would be a huge achievement. Yeah, no, they've been the one thing is since he came in, they've just been really competitive. Uh, they've lost a couple of games, yeah, particularly last year, lost a couple of league games that they definitely shouldn't have had. But they've just been really competitive and really really solid. Uh, I remember being in Omar Park when they played Leash in a qualifier. And they were there or thereabouts for 15 or 20 minutes to go. And they're just a bit raw, particularly around the middle of the park. Uh, a lot of guys are after filling out a lot in the last couple of years. You've kind of like new leaders of this team. Owen Carroll, midfield, absolutely brilliant footballer. Um, you, like, to, like to Rory McNamee, Bernard Allen's after stepping up a bit more too. Uh, and obviously, 
they have Niall McNamee coming off the bench now with all his experience and been able to kick a couple of points as well. I think, I think he's made 100 competitive appearances for Offaly. I think I saw the other day, I actually saw a shaven head Niall McNamee uh, from 2003. I was actually at the game against Leash. He made, he made his debut while still a leaving cert. I think he was only 16. I think he played minor the week before and he's, and he's still going strong with, with all the problems he's had and he had a lot of problems with concussion last year as well. So they just seem to, he just seems to have gotten everybody to a really, really good level. And it's, it's kind of fine margins when you're around that Division 3. A uh, couple, couple of points the wrong way and you're down towards Division 4. A couple of points the right way and you're up towards Division 2. And uh, yeah, like we definitely, definitely see Fermanagh as a winnable game for us. So uh, yeah, hope springs yeah. eternal. As I said a couple of weeks ago, and in the one weekend, we had the hurling team, the football team, Camogie, ladies football winning, and Shane Lowry coming fifth in the US PGA. Yeah, like, and, uh, things are springing on. Things are springing on as well. It's going well. Yeah, of course, we're jumping around from team to team, but with so many storylines, it's kind of inevitable to do that. Martin, I'd be interested to get your opinion on Galway and where they're at. Obviously, when Park Joyce first came in before the lockdown, they were probably getting more positive publicity than any other team didn't go well after lockdown. You know, they took that big beating by Mayo and lost to them again in the championship. And now it's been, it's been a mixed league campaign, beating Roscommon, competitive against Dublin, but not winning. And obviously that bad result against Kerry. Um, you know, where are they at for you? And I know Damien Comer's got another injury now. I think a, a thumb, a thumb issue, which isn't ideal. It's, it's yeah, kind of, they, yeah. yeah. Well, you'd have to say that they're, they're, they're they're second in Connacht and they're not they're not all Ireland. It's not you know they're not uh, at at the very top end of the of the all Ireland of the all Ireland market. Simple as that. I think the Kerry game. I suppose you'd have to uh, just call it an aberration, really. I mean, well, I suppose what was disappointing there was that they didn't show a whole lot of heart, which was was very disappointing. But Beach was common, much better against Dublin yesterday. Um, they did quite well, but. They still have you. You still you still feel that defensively that they're not really uh, that they're not really good enough to to be in the top. You know, to, for our, our, our island at all island level, it's it's hard to. Having said that, of course, having said that, if if it's they're on the same side as was common, and then Galway Mayo like last year, they only lost to Mayo by a point in the in the in the Connacht final. So uh, those games, Galway Mayo, Mayo was common. And, those three, they're, they're very much, they're very much laws into themselves. So you, never, you, you, you don't know, but um, certainly this time last year, they before the or just uh, around uh, before the lockdown, they were flying. That not didn't haven't recaptured it. Mediocre enough this year to some, and, and Damien Comer injured injured again. That's that's a setback for them, and they've quite a few other injuries as well. So they have the Park has work to do and and uh, there's no doubt about that and whether he has the material to work with I think that is the issue really there was a view there a few years ago that they that there were a lot of great young talent in the county I'm not so sure it's there I mean Mayo's transition for want of a better word has been much smoother and much quicker and people thought though people even in Mayo were saying that wasn't that wasn't going to happen when that team sort of broke up and that but it has happened Galway trans Galway haven't they haven't kicked on, and I, I, I think there'd be some degree of concern over whether they, they, they will be able to, to, um, to do that this year. Yeah, and I think the injuries to Damon Comer can't really be underestimated. His last full season was 2018 when Galway were quite competitive at the Ireland semi final, and he just hasn't been fit. A succession of unfortunate injuries. I think it was playing a soccer match on Stevens Day. He badly injured his ankle, I think, and ended up missing basically a full year. So you have to get, I suppose, a bit of injury look too. Dick, your own county, Monaghan as well, two draws to finish out. Uh, their their campaign into a relegation playoff against Galway as well. Like, what's your assessment? You seem as was pretty positive in your, reading your comment today. Yeah, but positive insofar as that the expectations were, you know, 
a wee bit ropey going into it because you know a lot of the the, the team is a lot of new faces coming in, and obviously with that, there's always that question mark where they can make the the step up to, to senior level and again at Division One, um, and some of the older heads as well. Like you know, you get the you know into your thirties, you know, injuries and all the rest. Can you know, I know some of the guys have had kids recently and all that sort of factors in. So I, I knew a lot of stuff was going on there that might necessarily you know lend itself to being at, at playing at your peak. So taking that on board the way they've performed now the first day against Armagh they got off to a horrendous start and they just never really got into any sort of flow but I'd be very encouraged with the way they've performed against away from home remember against Donegal and uh, Tyrone and Oma could have won both games um, so they couldn't you know we, we might talk about the the, the, the relegation controversy that that with Boric Jaisi just needs to be called out and a few things on that. I'll come to that in a minute. But, you know, so I think they had a really tough assignment, you know, three three games away from home um, to compete well. And uh, definitely, given the young the young lads uh, plenty of game time, was really encouraging. So, like, going to a quarterfinal against Fermanagh, um, if they win, I'm not too worried what way, to be honest with you. If they stay up in Division 1, it'll be great. But listen, a lot of those young lads will need a bit of breathing space to develop over the next few years. And, and like Mayo have shown this year, dropping down to Division 2 possibly for a year to do that is not necessarily an awful thing. Um, so I'd be very confident looking towards basically an Ulster campaign. I will that, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing to fear from anything, um, be it Donegal, Tyrone, but yet the the... The overall competitiveness of Ulster is growing because you've Armagh, you've Derry, uh, Cavan, heavy wears the crown, as they say, will, are up uh, <laughs> facing an uphill battle. Um, but yeah, so 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 be very encouraged. Uh, Will be honest with you, what I've seen so far. And I'm part of Joyce. Well, I think right, a couple of things. He's wrong when he says that Monaghan have been rewarded. Right, that's just factually incorrect. He needs to be called out on that. Monaghan lost the only home game. The Monaghan only had one home game in their in their. Three, three match series and that was against Armagh okay the other two were away fixed games so Monaghan going into it had two away games and one home game and they lost that only home, home game to Armagh okay so even if they had not had a, a ban put on them for their COVID breach this, this, this scenario that we're facing now still would have been the same because Monaghan had two away games versus Galway's now you can make the argument that that's an unfair way to decide and I would agree on that but not on the basis of Monaghan being rewarded for the COVID breach. That's just factually not right. And, and he shouldn't be allowed to get away with that. That's not fair and that's not right. So so play the play them. He's trying to play the man, not the ball here. Um, now, there's a bit of karma at play here. Uh, Martin, remember this back in 2012. We, unfairly, I would have felt at the time, lost uh, a home game in the league and ended up playing Galway in Longford. We ended up playing five games in Division Two versus two at home, and lo and behold, who comes off the bench uh, to to drop us down into Division Three? Uh, Porrick Joyce. So maybe there's a bit of karma at play here now that the, that the ties are being balanced with it. You know, you got to love that about the GA. People never forget. <laughs> I never forget. No, and another thing as well, and I think I think we just need to be careful as well. You know, this sort of saying that you know, Monaghan were very were wrong in what they done. And they were rightly, you know, sanctioned for it. But, you know, I don't think any managers out there should be holier than thou in terms of that every team done what was supposed to have been done. Monaghan were rightly called for what they done, but and they were rightly penalised. But I don't think it should be extended into any more than they do. So I think Porrick just needs to check himself a wee bit on what he's coming out with at the minute. But Jake, Jake, one thing about about and I, 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 it's not a question of, of Monaghan here; it's a question for for Dublin as well. And it's a question of the punishments involved in these things. 
taking home advantage away from a county uh, for, for breaking out of the rules. And, and this time it was a COVID rule. Before we had uh, teams going on, going away on uh, weekends away or whatever. It's a, it's it's not it's not strong enough of a punishment. It should be points deduction because it really doesn't. It, it, as it happened, it wouldn't have mattered here anyway because Monaghan finished. Uh, Monaghan were, uh, would have been in a relegation situation anyway. But and Dublin would have qualified for the semi final. But who? It, it's hardly a punishment for a county to lose. Uh, to lose just a home, a home. Like Dublin had to, a, a big deal had to go down to down to Torres to play Kerry. Really, like given the offence and the, the gravity of the offence and the time that was in it, it was a very small, a very well, small thing. Listen, Dublin could play out in the front lawn here, and it wouldn't matter. But in Monaghan's context, are you trying to tell me, Martin, that losing that game, like Monaghan narrowly lost against Armagh, and that should have been at home. We know the advantage I'm, I'm at home. The so so I would I would argue that that sanction Monaghan was very penal at Monaghan for the way the thing fell because they took a game that was at home that they would have felt that they would have should have been able to win and it you know it, it, it cost them on the day. So I, I think in Monaghan's case, whatever but anybody else, it definitely was a very penal issue. The managers as well, the managers are missing from the side. And the managers as well. Now that maybe that's 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 sort of immaterial to a point, but but definitely losing the fixture in Monaghan's case was 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 a very hard felt up here, uh, Martin. The fact that they already had two away. If the draw had been made and they had only one away, the fact that they already had two away and then the only one at home that they had was taken off them like that that was hard and then the fine margins that they find themselves in the relegation playoff it, I think it's a strong enough argument to say that that losing that home fixture was enough to, to yeah, see given, them where they're, where given they're given at. the gravity of the offence involved this time I, 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 and I don't uh, just focus on man or, or any county that was uh, given the gravity of the offence I don't think that losing home advantage was enough but that's that's uh, uh, and, and I never have I, I always thought that it, it's they did it it happened as well as I said remember a few years ago um, I think it was Waterford hurlers, Waterford mm-hmm. and Leash, Waterford and Leash, and um, Armagh so got because they were they went away on a weekend away, and oddly enough, uh, Dublin footballers escaped that time. Although they, they went to some historical tour of Germany or, or of France yeah, and, yeah. and Belgium, yeah. But uh, I think I maybe think you're that. right. In a normal year, when you had maybe seven games, but to, to cut points in a, in a sort of the three game would have been extremely harsh. But maybe in a normal year, would you would you be a bit more flex? I would say you could be right there, Martin. I think Dublin were commemorating World War One soldiers or something in Belgium, if memory serves. Uh, but yeah, it certainly adds a bit of spice. As you, as you do before the championship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certainly adds a bit of spice ahead of the galway Modern game and what should be a really exciting promotion relegation weekend. But for now, Dick, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Will. It's now time to turn our attention to the Alliance Hurling League and delighted to be welcoming John Milan to the show. John, how are you? How are you going Will? Not too bad. Yeah, well, good. Thanks, Did Great to have you on. It was a quiet weekend on the hurling front, just a Kilkenny versus uh, Wexford game. Kilkenny running out pretty big winners at the end. But it was, it was a good time to kind of take stock and where we are after the opening few rounds of the hurling league. You know, for yourself, like what team, maybe if you have to pick out one at this pop moment, is kind of jumping out to you for good or bad reasons that you're either surprised you're doing well or surprised that maybe they haven't quite hit their straps yet? Yeah, well, look, I suppose results don't lie in. I suppose the results... You kind of got to look at probably probably Kilkenny uh, in their division and Cork in in in, in their own division. Uh, you know how Cork are going to, going approaching the league. They seem to be going all out. You know we, we talked about that consistency that was missing from Cork uh, down through the years. And I suppose that's the one thing that they're they're going after in this league is, is building up a bit of consistency and trying to win matches and, and taking it into the championship. And likewise with with uh, with, uh, with with Cody and Kilkenny, 
you know, it was, it was a massive game for him there yesterday, you know, for him to try and get the win. And he got the win. And I think he, he comes it after the match. There's one thing that, uh, you know, you'll never, you'll, you'll never associate with, uh, with, with a Kilkenny team or a Brian Cody team. They're not having the right attitude or not approaching matches in the right manner. And, you know, Brian Cody team, they, they approached the game in the right manner. There was no shadow of boxing. Uh, went, went ball headed for the win and they got the win. And, you know, I think we've seen it yesterday. It's the first time they've beaten Wexford, I think, since 2018. And it was a massive, it was a massive win for Kilkenny. So for me, I would think those two teams, uh, Kilkenny and Cork, will have, have, been the, have been the standout teams of, of, of the league so far. Yeah, Michael, because Kilkenny are an interesting one. We touched on it. I think it was with John in the first before uh, it started about Kilkenny and the noise around Brian Cody. And we were kind of making the point that they've their results have actually been good. It's not as if they've fallen off the face of the earth. And, you know, even yesterday, TJ Reid, as always, delivering 118 of a, of a 227 haul uh, is pretty impressive. Billy Ryan chipping in with 1-4 as well. Uh, like they're, they're nicely primed in that side of the league. I know, again, like the football, there's no league final unless they play in the championship. But it's no harm with the championship starting so soon. And I think they're slated to potentially play Wexford again to lay down a marker like that yesterday. Yeah, 100%. It's amazing. Uh, teams go up and down and their graphs go up and down. Kilkenny, Kilkenny under Cody generally just stays the same. Um, like it, it just, say, just say you're a professional punter. If you're punting Kilkenny, you know what you're going to get out of Kilkenny every day. You're going to get this honest, uh, honest effort. And while other teams waver, they stay the same. Uh, a couple of things on the game, um, like TJ Reid, 118. Like in a couple of years, like he won't be around. We, we probably need to appreciate that even a bit more. It's just like if he misses a free, we're almost, we're almost crying like that there's, that there's something off. Like he's putting up these ridiculous scores. I, I put his last four or five years with Club and County, I'd I compare it with what anyone has done over a four, four or five year period. He's been absolutely unbelievable. Uh, he just makes the extraordinary just look so simple to him. Um, and even like Billy Ryan is a player we've talked about before. I, I, think, there, I think there's shades of Eddie Brennan. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Eddie Brennan or anything like that. I just think he's the same club man as him, Greg Ballycallan, and he, has, he just has that kind of killer instinct to him. He was brilliant yesterday. He's only on the field 49 minutes. And he, and he scores 1-4. Um, and they have a lot of other good players. I think they learned a lot as well. They didn't start out with a man marker on Rory O'Connor and Connor Brown ended up on him and was able to quieten him. I think that's something that they'll use if they play come championship time. A um, couple, couple of other players as well. like James Bergen has been brilliant throughout the league. He probably missed a couple of balls yesterday. The rootlessness of Cody strikes again. He was taken off after 23 minutes. I'm sure he won't be thrown in the scrap heap. I'm sure he'll get another go at it. But it just shows you how rootless it is. John said in his column on Saturday uh, like that there's nobody out there um, you know, better equipped to keep Kilkenny on their toes than Cody. And he definitely has them on their toes. And they're playing, they're playing a bit smarter now as well. Like A lot of the time, they were flooding back bodies into the fence. There was, sometimes there was only two men up. But when they played ball into Reed or John Donnelly, it was smarter ball. It was out to the side. It was away from the sweeper. And they'd loads of willing runners then flying through. There was bodies flying everywhere looking for ball off the shoulder. So like they're 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 in a great position. As regards Wexford, like I just think it's hard. If 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 they were, I'm not saying they were playing possum, but if you know there was some element of a ruse. To, to yesterday's performance. It's just so hard to turn that around in such a short space of time. So I find it hard to believe that that was the truth. Davy had beaten had beaten Cody eight of the last 13 times they'd played. 
and he'd generally set a marker down in even Walsh Cup or League and they'd gone on to do well against Kilkenny when they'd beat in the Championship they'd gone on to do well when they played well against him in the League so big question marks over Wexford but with Kilkenny if Limerick dip a small bit which it looks like they may have Kilkenny will be there or thereabouts to take advantage so I think Cody will be delighted with where he has his troops yeah, and just on Wexford, reading Brendan Cummins in today's window is interesting. He thinks there might be some scar tissue from that 2019 semi-final defeat to Tipperary where, you know, with a man up, with I think they were two or three points up with 15, 20 minutes to go. They looked primed to make an All-Ireland final against Kilkenny, ironically, and uh, didn't get the job done. And he, yeah, he thinks he's a bit worried uh, about where they're at at the moment, which I thought was an interesting uh, way to look at it. Martin, for you, you know, at this juncture, the National League, you know, the lads have mentioned Kilkenny and Wexford there, you know, either those teams or anyone else has jumped out to you or, or anyone that caught your eye. Yeah, well, just just one point on Wexford before I come to that. I suspect that Wexford might have hit a ceiling. And, and I think um, they, in, in terms of, of depth of panel and the, the the, uh, the the talent I suppose available to Davy I think it's possibly not, not as it's not as as uh, extensive as some of the other managers have and I think that they, they've they've hit a ceiling and it's a high ceiling in fairness for them but I don't think that that they're going to uh, that there will be all Ireland series all Ireland contenders I really don't but uh, who was impressed I think Cork had a very interesting one because over the last number of years Cork have had the worst defensive record of all the teams in Division 1. In fact, they were actually worse in the last two years than, 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 than Leash and uh, who were obviously struggling out at the, at the bottom end of the, the table in terms of defensively. So they could, they could score huge amounts, but they conceded an hour and hour. And that's why I think that the appointment of Donal O'Brady is, uh, in as a whatever his actual role is, but I, we, know, we know his real role is that, that, that it's, to, it's to work on that defence. I mean, O'Grady is one of the, the smartest defensive, uh, uh, if you talk to him at all, he's, he's He's really smart defensive coach, and and I I'm I'm curious to see how how they'll shape up for the rest of the year with with O'Grady there because they're certainly shaping up well so far, and that is the key. Can they can they get a bit meaner? I mean, it's all it's all very fine having the the uh, fellow scoring loads at the other end, but they weren't they weren't tight enough defensively. Uh, will that will, that's that's going to be the key to wh- how much progress they can make? Bear in mind they haven't won the league since 1998, which is absolutely. Uh, you know, beyond belief for, for Cork. So I'm looking to see how how that if defensively if they tie up if they because they have they have the forwards they have scores they have plenty talent natural talent much more so now I would say than than, than Wexford. So I think that they're real genuine contenders if they can tighten up their defence. Cody or um, O'Grady is working on that. And that to me is one of the fascinating things to to keep an eye out for for the rest of the league and far more importantly into the championship. Because if he if he works it on even a slight tweak, a small improvement, a ten percent or seven or seven or eight percent improvement in the defensive giveaway, and they're real Ireland contenders. Yeah, John, because it was so interesting when Don O'Grady was announced to be joining that backroom team. Because already you have Kieran Kingston as manager, you've Jerry Cunningham in there, you've Dermot O'Sullivan, now Don O'Grady. Like there's a there's a lot of big personalities that, with a lot of coaching pedigree there. Like so, to, to bring in an All Ireland winner like Don O'Grady on top of what they had was very interesting. I thought. Yeah, but uh, you know. Any noises that are coming out of Cork, um, particularly from the players, uh, you know, on on, on Donald O'Grady seem to be extremely positive. And, you know, Martin is 100% right. You know, his track record speaks for itself. You know, you look you look at what he done with Cork back in back in the mid noughties uh, was incredible. And 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 that was that was off the back of you know a really uh, tight one to nine unit where where Cork. Knew they're one to nine. They were so strong from 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 one to nine that 
back then their forward vision wasn't as strong, but their one to nine was extremely strong. And I think that's going to be the emphasis um, from Don O'Grady. He's getting a solid one to nine. And they're starting to find out they seem to be settling on Mark Coleman uh, playing in that deep line number six. Uh, they, they seem to be getting two runners then in, 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 in the in, in, in the midfield. Uh, and, and, and two tight cornerbacks. They have Conn Spillane in, in, in one corner and then the other corner is probably going to be up for up for grabs. So I think, you know, it's getting that settlement from one to nine over the course of the next probably two to three weeks. We're going to find out an awful lot more about Cork. And I think if they, as, as Marin said, if they can get that settlement in one to nine, they have the firepower up front to take on anybody. But I think that's going to be the emphasis Donald O'Grady is going to is going to is going to tackle in the next couple of weeks is, is getting a solid one to nine foundation at the back. Yes, yeah, certainly an interesting one to watch. And what about your own county, John Waterford? Like a, a big result from last time out, beating Limerick. Just even just looking back to last year when they met twice in the championship, and, and Limerick had a good bit of despair. Is is that a big psychological moment for the team? Do you think, or or is that overstating it? Yeah, I was talking to one of one of one of two of the Waterford players, and it's it's a game. That they had penciled in, but that were going to go, they were going to, they were going to target, and you know, you could that was that was evident last last Sunday watching it. That you know, they, they set a target. You know, Limerick seemed to be a target um, for for every team, and it was it was no different uh, against Galway up up in Salt Hill, and likewise down in Welsh Park. I think it was a game Waterford had to win. You know, 20, 25 minutes. You know, to to go the the, the elements of a, of a strong breeze behind them. And the numerical advantage as well, uh, but they passed the test. I mean, if 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 they failed to win that match, given the circumstances of, of how how it played out, we probably would have been running off for water. So I think that's that's a great great asset that that this team has going forward into the championship is that they're able to when think when when question marks are thrown at them, they're able to come with the answer. And I think you know we'll probably find out a bit more about about Waterford up in up in Salt Hill. Um, Sunday, you know, will will he persist with with Aussie centre back? He was he was very good against against uh, Limerick the last day out. But look, I I think I think people are probably too quick to write him off. They're probably missing their best player in Ty De Borke. But if 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 Aussie can fill that that number six six number six slot, Connor Gleeson going back, um, in corner back, you know, steadying the ship back there. I still think they have the firepower up front. You know, Shane Bennett is coming back into the mix. Patrick Curran, they still have the, the firepower to, to take on the top teams. Um, but what's 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 crucial is, is is getting that number six position right. And I think if they can get that right, um, I think they'll be right in the mix. It's the funny will just because Limerick because Limerick have dipped a small bit. literally about to say that, yeah. yeah. The optimism um, and that, and rightfully. So, because last year they just looked a step ahead of everybody. They, they've they've dropped a small bit. They have a bit of time, but they don't have a huge amount of time to get back to those levels. You know, you're looking at four or five weeks. So all of a sudden, Limerick drop, other teams go up a small step, and all of a sudden the gap the gap isn't that big. Yeah, like Martin, what have you made of Limerick's league campaign so far? Like they haven't won a game, which considering they won every single match they played, I think in 2020. It's a bit of a surprise to say the least. And interestingly, they play Cork next, and they play Cork in the championship. So you know it'll be interesting. Would there, would there be a lot to read into this game? You think, or is there an element of shadow boxing purely because they do play in a bigger fixture uh, in a relatively you know short space of time after that? 
No, I don't think it'll be shadow boxing. I mean, why would it be? I mean, it, I know we talked earlier on about Brian Cody, and Brian Cody's attitude was that if you had a, cha- a challenge game, he went out to win it and and go flat out to win it. So I, I think no, it's it's important for it's important for Limerick and it's important for Cork. I mean, if Limerick if Limerick loses, it's you know that would uh, that would be four games without a win, not exactly the end of the world. But you see, I think as well, perhaps and, and Michael touched on it there, but I'm not. That there was a, a view, um, perhaps a misguided view generally, that that the, the Limerick were miles ahead of everybody, and that you know once an idea like that takes root, it's very hard to stop it. But well, where are they? I mean, there were one score ahead of Galway last year in the All Ireland semi final, who who lost to O'Kenny at, at a crucial time. So, I don't think they were that far ahead of 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 the, 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 the all the chasing pack. They, they certainly uh, they, they, they were ahead. There's no doubt about that. But the idea that they were Miles ahead and going to dominate like Kilkenny did for a number of years. I'm not sure that was ever justified, really. I suppose when they win, when they want this, when they win every game in a year, it's a very impressive achievement. I suppose. Yeah, but, it, but yeah, yes, absolutely, will. But that doesn't mean they're miles ahead of, of, of everybody else. It's a little bit the same, say, with, with Dublin the football who haven't lost in all are there since, since 2015. But you know, you look at how close they've been to, to, to Mayo and to, 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 to Kerry or whatever. So. You, they're certainly the best team. No really questioning that, but they weren't miles ahead. And so now, when they, when others have won or beat them a few times, or they've lost a few games and drawn or whatever, um, inevitably people say well, they're 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 slipping back. But they, they were never that far. They were never that far ahead. They were ahead, not that far ahead. And uh, we shall see now what 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 they're made of. But I mean, others. Others, they were never at a stage where others didn't believe they could beat them on any given day. Most of the others, most of the top contenders anyway. Big thing, Will, as well, is they have looked, their cage has been rattled this year and they haven't reacted particularly well to it. Dermot Burns getting sent off uh, after the final whistle in Galway. Kyle Hayes getting sent off the last day. Seamus Flanagan getting sent off as well. There's two suspensions they're carrying into the Cork game. Even John Kiley's comments after the Galway game when his cage was rattled would suggest that uh, they're a small bit unnerved. They've kind of had, as you, as you said, like they didn't walk through last year, but they did win every game last year. So they kind of had it their own way. They haven't had things their own way this year. They have a short uh, time frame to turn it around. So it's going to be interesting. Like, it's not like your typical, you know, a bad performance in February We'll, we'll have you right in June. It's, you know, a bad performance in May and we'll see how this weekend goes and all of a sudden you're looking to turn around in four weeks' time. So it's going to be interesting to see if by round five we've seen... A, well, I, t- I tell you what, this weekend is when you're really going to learn something about Limerick because with due respect to Westmead, they have Westmead in the, fi- in, the, in, the la- in the last round, so we can't read too much into that. So it's going to be interesting to see this weekend. And as I said, they're going to be down Hayes and they're going to be down Flanagan. So they're already without, you know, two of their most influential players. But in but 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 in their defence, I mean, the, the last few occasions they've they've gone out and played against against the the, op- the opposition they're coming up against, they've had relatively eight, nine, ten of their all Ireland winners. They've never had close to 12, 13, 14 of, of, of the potential fifteen. And I think you know when they do have all their big hitters on the field, no question, you know, they are they are the team to beat and, and I think they are the team that 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 everyone is going to have to beat come come, come the championship. Now, I don't think I don't think Kylie will be overly worried. Even if they lose the car at the weekend and they lose another game, if it's, if it's three games in a row, uh, I, I think Kylie Kylie will, will the, the trust will be there and I think Kate Kylie will trust his team, will trust his management team that they'll be ready. Uh, for Cork to come the championship. 
No, it's also it's set up so interestingly this weekend because there's so much we can learn from it, even if it's it, it, we're, we overstate it in a way, but it, it'll, it'll definitely create a lot of noise if Limerick were to lose, even if ultimately they'll be in a good state for the championship. John, I will be interested to get your opinion on just the kind of the, the start, you know, how the games have developed generally. There was a lot of commentary about the amount of freeze being given and that hurling had was not in a good place compared to what it was a couple of years ago because of maybe tinkering with rules. You know, John Carley spoke very strongly about it. Jackie Turrell on League Sunday spoke very strongly about it, how he, they, they were both worried about the direction of the game. John Carley went as far as saying when crowds come back, there wouldn't be many people paying in to watch it if this is how the game is going to be played and, and refereed. Yeah, well, I, I, think, I think over the course of this, a couple of years that we've even been on this 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 uh, this podcast that you know we're always questioning you know referees' decisions when you know the start the start of a league and generally they kind of settle down now look I think yesterday you had TJ Reid scored one eighteen no way he's going to score one eighteen uh, come championship and we actually seen it the previous week where you know referees were starting with just to the rules and I think come the championship I think things will settle down I think you know what's the scoring ratio of freeze generally it would be maybe between 8 to 10 that's what you're probably what you've what you become accustomed to having in a game and I think it, it will settle down and I think uh, I just think we have to stall the ball um, in, in, in regards to the game the game is, game is evolving what's very interesting is that you know the three traditional counties now of Cork, Tipperary, and and Kilkenny—they're all adapting to how the game how the game is being played. You know, you look at Co- and you, you know the, the biggest admiration I have for Cody is that he's always freshening up his backroom team. Look at his backroom team now—he's Martin Comfort, former player under now, um, Connor Feelan. You know, really young guys that know the game, uh, and I think that's 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 a testament to Cody. It's a testament to Liam Sheedy. Who's, and, and it's a testament to, to Kingston, who are freshening up their backroom teams constantly, getting the right guys in, who can who can adjust their teams to playing, uh, to, to playing the way the way the modern game is being is being played. Um, and I think, look, ultimately, I think we we just gotta we just gotta roll with it. The game changes. It's 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 the way the game is being game is being played right now. But I think the winner of this year's All Ireland. Um, will most certainly, you know, be going short, long, we'll be mixing it up. Um, and I think you're talking the likes of the Galways, the Limericks, the Tips, they can all do that. It will remain to be seen whether whether Cork can adjust to it, possibly Waterford. Um, and look, you, you can you can never you can never rule Kilkenny out either, like, you know. Yeah, well, a lot of interesting things to look forward to over the next couple of weeks. For now, John, Michael, Martin, thanks so much for joining me. And that's all we have time for this week on the Throwing Podcast in association with Allianz. We'll be back next week with another show. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues.